Thank you very much. I just read in the uh, Kriya Satara two weeks ago, the Parashas Kiseitze, where the Chumash speaks about a person made a halvoa, the Malva lent money to the Lova, and the Lova gave a mashkin to the Malva of a beged, aksus yom, aksus laila. And if it's the only beged that the Lova has, then the Malva is obligated to return it. Aksus yom has to be given back by yom. Nixus Laila has to be returned by Laila. And the Chumash says, Luchoti Yitzdoka, and it will be Farechent, as a schus of Yitzdoka, when you give back the Mashkin, Achzoras HaMashkin. So the Gemara in Kiddushin and other Mesichtas, the Gemara has a comment, the Gemara understands that it's only considered a mitzvah of Yitzdoka if you give Yomad, if you give something that belongs to you to someone else. If I give him back his own Mashkin and I have no Kinyanim on it, so why is that considered Yitzdoka? Unfortunately, there's a big misunderstanding in our generation. I imagine it was probably a misunderstanding in previous generations as well. People think that they can cheat all they want in business, and they gum for money, they don't pay tax, they become rich on other people's expenses, and then they give a lot of tzedakah, and they put their names, they have their names hanging up on the wall, on the plaque that they gave this big stock. That's not considered tzedakah. Tzedakah is only if you give your own money. You have, let's say, uh, a landlord doesn't provide the services that he's obligated by contract to give to the tenants. He's supposed to fix the broken windows or the leaks in the ceiling or whatever it happens to be. And he doesn't, and he keeps on taking the rent, and he doesn't provide uh, the services. He's also a ganav, also a Or you have uh, an employer has employees, and he, and he doesn't give them his chusim, or the employees don't uh, service the employer, they don't do the job the way they're supposed to. So the money that they take is gigamata money. So it's not a big uh, mitzvah when they give uh, major donations to tzedakah. It's all gigamata guilt, it's not their money. The Gemara says it's only considered l'chot yitzdokah, if it's pachov konamashkin, if it's mine. If it's not mine, then it's not, uh, it's not a mitzvah tzedakah. I remember many years ago, uh, I think there was a, a company that was called OPM, Other People's Money, and they gave major donations to Yeshiva University and to the Jewish Theological Seminary. And then when the government uh, established that they were governing uh, money, so man, it was such a shame that the Yeshiva had to take down the fellow's name. They had a big plaque on the hall and, and the first floor and, uh, and first hall. They had to take down his name. Same thing with the Jewish Theological Seminary. They had to take down his name. All the money that he gave was the money. The yeshiva had to give it back, and seminary had to give the money back. Even if they wouldn't have to give it back. That's not called stock. Stock is when you give your money. Robin Hood stole from the rich and he gave to the poor. But that's not, that's not Robin Hood's mitzvah of tzedakah. That's an Indian of Kaif and Allah tzedakah. Sometimes Robin Hood has the right to act as a shleach peasant. If the rich people are not giving enough tzedakah, so sometimes the Gemara says you have the right to be Kaif Allah tzedakah. A lot of times you have no right to be kofalad tzedakah. I'm giving my tzedakah. What is he governing my money in order to give it to his, the charities that he decided to give? I want to give it to the charities that I want to give to. He has no right to steal from me. Even if it would have been a mitzvah tzedakah, but the gamba money in order to be able to fulfill a mitzvah tzedakah brings to mind the comment that the Ramban has on Chumash, the Pasuk says, the Rabban Shalom doesn't take any bribery. How can he give bribery to the Rabban Shalom? I'm going to make out a check for $100,000. Well, what's the bribery? So the Ramban said, I'm going to do a lot of Averis, 
but I think I'm going to get away with it because Bansham, I'm doing all these mitzvahs. I do this mitzvah, I do the other mitzvah, so that's why I should be able to get away with the Averis. I shouldn't be punished. So the Ramban says that's exactly what it means. means he doesn't take the Shechad mitzvahs. It's not going to balance itself off. People make a mistake. They have this carryover from Europe. In Europe, there were countries where the taxes went to the government. And the, the taxes were simply for the purpose of enriching the government. And a lot of times it was a shaloyke din. The Gemara says there's a principle of dina, the malchus dina, you're obligated to pay taxes. One is obligated to pay taxes, but if it's a muchas oimid me'elov, if you have a pirate who just holds up the public and he forces them to pay him taxes and he's not the recognized government, so then, uh, then it's gezel. Then, then it's not dina de malchusa, dina it's chamsonusa de malchusa, it's gazlanusa de malchusa. So in such countries, let's say under the, under the communists, so the, all the Rabbanim used to say that that's not Dina the Malchus Dina, it was just Chamsanus of the Malchus. You're not Mukhif to pay taxes, not Mukhif to follow any of the laws. Under the communists, everything was unfair. But if you live in the United States of America, we elected these officials, and we set up the whole system, and they, and they made a whole system of taxation, they made a legal system over here. The, in a democratic country, the obligation to pay the taxes. Is Torah Shutfim. All the people constitute, that's the way it says in Shulchan Aruch, all the people in the living community have the status of Shutfim. Let's say Shutfim have a business. And the business is going well, and they made so much profit this year, so there's a Chiluke Deis, a dispute among the Shutfim. Maybe instead of everybody taking their Revach, they're taking the profit of Nisya, maybe everybody should leave all the Revach back in the business. We should open another branch in Paris, or open another branch in London in order to make more money. So uh, 60% of the Shutfim say, let's not take any Revach, let's leave all the Revach and the business to open another branch. 40% say not so. So what do you do when you have a Machlekes in Shutfim? So it says in Shulchan Aruch, it's based on a Tosefta, that you follow a Rov, and the Don Lagoyen says, it's a Posig and Chum, Shachar Rabin Lahatas. People think, Achar is only by Dayana. So the Don Lagoyen says, no, the Posig goes on Shutfim. If the Rov of the Shutfim say in one direction, we should, we should close the shop, we should open another branch, whatever. So you follow the majority. So the Shulchan Aruch assumes that people who live in a community are considered shutfim with respect to all of the needs of the community. So uh, the government decided, the government represents all of us. government decided we should have public schools and we should have highways and we should plant trees and we should have uh, whatever museums, whatever, uh, whatever the government uh, mail delivery and uh, purification of the water and so on and so forth. So we are considered shutfim on a, on a municipal level. We're all considered shutfim in the city. We're all considered shutfim as far as the needs that the, the state takes care of. And then we're all considered shutfim as far as the federal government, what the federal government takes care of. So if the rive of the shutfim decided, we elected all of these officials, the rive of the shutfim decided we should pay taxes in order to have this, that, and the other thing. So the miyot is to follow the rabbis and mukhayif to pay the taxes. So whoever doesn't pay taxes is not stealing from the Goyish government like it used to be in Europe. They're stealing from me. They're stealing from the Jews who do pay taxes because they don't pay taxes. We're mukhayif to pay more taxes. So these chavr, these ganavim who don't pay taxes, so they're big tzaddikim later on. They make so much money in business, they don't pay taxes. So they donate big uh, major donations to all the Jewish institutions. So gigamvet the gelt. It's a sinishkin grosser mitzvah. There was a scandalous uh, issue just happened now. There's an international law of copyrights. Everybody knows. 
Barberab, the Chadyom, knows international law of copyrights. So it's a Gemach and Meir Shorim where they lend out Svar. So they lent out the whole Schattenstein Shas. The art's called Schattenstein Shas. And the one who borrowed it cracked the binding. He opened up every single volume and he put everything on the internet. So Artscroll is losing hundreds of thousands of dollars. People all over the world cancel orders that they made from Artscroll and from all the different stores. Why should they buy this farim if they can get it from nothing and download it from the, from the internet? So the, so the Artscroll, it was obvious that it, the, the Geneva was done by using the set of svarim of this Gemach Sharm because it had the stamp of, of, the, of the Gemach on it. So they contacted the fellow who runs the Gemach and they said, we want to know who the Ganef is. He didn't want to tell him who. What do you mean he didn't want to tell him? Mesira. What do you mean, <laughs> So they had to get Rav Al-Yashif to Paskin that you're allowed to master him to the Israeli police. People don't have common sense. What's Didn't Machusa, what has got to do when all the people involved are Jewish? Didn't Machusa doesn't apply. Yeah, Dinim Machusa doesn't apply. If we have Dinim and the Goyim have a different set of Dinim, so we follow the Shulchan Aruch. We don't follow the Dinim Machusa. But if the Goyish government or the whole international system of law, all it, 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 copyright is an international principle. If all the governments in the world got together and have international system, international law of, of uh, copyrights, so of course it's binding on all the Jews as well. This is the anti-Semitic attack that the Nochemer always had against the Jews. The Jews are different barrier. We have nothing, the Yidin and the have nothing in common with each other. The Jews are only worried about the Tzitzis and the Tfilim and the Shabbos and Kashris. They don't worry about normal things. That's not true. That's an anti-Semitic caricature of the Jews. We worry about everything the Umas Island worry about, plus Shabbos and Kashris and Tzitzis and Tfilim. But we share in common all the, the basic needs of mankind. There the, are the more Jews getting Nobel Awards than there are... Uh, Way more than the percentage of Jews in the world population. They sent the percentage of the Jews, less than 1% of the world population is Jewish and Nobel Awards, and more than 20%. So the Jews are working in economics and in physics and in, in chemistry and in medicine and everything. The Jews are working in all the areas in the world. What kind of a chutzpah attitude that the Jews have nothing to do with the international law of copyright? Such a cleaning cup that the Ganovim had. It's a scandalous thing. I remember once there was, uh, many years ago, when my oldest daughter was still single, she already has uh, five babies, she already has a bar mitzvah job, so when I remember she was single, so someone called me up, uh, a boy tells me he learns in one of the other yeshivas, not from YU, I'm at Zoy Shabbos, he'd like to come over to discuss a shayla. So I figured some is interested in, in meeting my daughter, so he came and he asked me a shayla. He wants to know, in his yeshiva they fill out work study um, forms that uh, you're entitled to get money from the government if you put away the svarim uh, once a week and the base medish, whatever. So they have all of the boys fill out checker that they did work for hours and hours and hours, just not true. So he wants to know, is it allowed? So I said, of course it's not allowed. So he says, he wants to know, but they sign it first before they fill it out. So when they sign it, it's blank. So, uh, so they didn't sign any checker. And then when they filled it out, so they didn't sign it afterwards. I said, that's ridiculous. So he said, he thanked me. And he said, that's what he thought. But everybody says that it's mutter. So he just wanted to hear another person corroborate what he thought. This is Hashem that people think that this is the Rotzen Hashem, that this is permissible to gamble money from the Goyish government. That's a scandalous thing. We all know that it's a, whenever there's a dispute between two Balabatim, 
on a money issue. So there's an Indian, as opposed to going to secular court, you have to go to a dintera. But unfortunately, we live in a generation that the dintera are just uh, scandalous. There's, the Gemara talks about the Shulchanach talks about a din and a pshara. So a lot of people have the attitude, a din is strictly what the din is, and a pshara is a compromise. I say you owe me $100,000, you say zero, so the Dayan should divide in half, it should be $50,000. So Absalvechik, when we learned Sanhedrin, explained that's not what a pshara is. A pshara is that you give a psak of lefnimishur, whatever Yosha dictates. Sometimes Yosha would dictate that you pay the full $100,000. Sometimes Yosha dictates that you pay nothing. It's not a compromise. Sure is a psak of lefnim yeshuas adin. The dayanim have to consider what do they think is what do they think Yosha dictates. We have unfortunately in our generation we have a magefe that when you go to a dintera you have a towing. So the towing presents a whole case that's called a sheker, and he quotes things from the shulchanach totally out of context, distorting the whole religion. It's like chil Hashem, the way towing will, will present the case, and they think that this is this is the highest level of a dintera when you have a towing. Sashan, I remember once uh, there was a, an organization was going to have a dintera with one of the people who worked for the organization, so they asked me to come and watch as an observer to make sure that they don't pull the wool over their eyes. So I came there, and they had a time presenting the whole case on behalf of the employee who was working for the organization. So the employee just sat there, he had his hands folded like this, didn't say a word, didn't bat an eyelash, didn't blink his eyes at all. The Toyin doesn't know what happened. He wasn't there. So how can he tell you what the case is? The whole idea of a Din is that the Baldin has to present his version of the story and you have to ask him questions. You have to look in his eyes and try to listen to the tone of voice to tell whether he's telling the truth or he's telling a lie. They made Din into a joke now. The fellow just sits and he has his lawyer present the whole case for him. They have practices in Din that in a secular court they would never have such a thing. It's a Chil Lashem. In a secular court they're much more professional than most of the most of the Dayan, most of the Dinim Torah. We have a Din in the Chumash, you're not allowed to take Shoychad. It's unbelievable how many Bati Dinim take Shoychad. It says in the Chumash, HaShoychad Yavar Chachamim. One side is paying his Dayan, the Paskan on his behalf. HaShandar HaKarpa. The Mishnah says, Zedbar Leechad, Zedbar Leechad. So the Gemara says that that's a good way to have a Din Torah because each Borer will tain on behalf of his Baldin. So the Rosh says that many people make a mistake, they think, that when one is chosen to represent one tzad to be a bearer, he's mukhif to say what his tzad wants him to say. That's shekev echazav. The bearer is supposed to think of any possible schus on behalf of the tzad who picked him, and he's not supposed to taina taina shekev. He's not supposed to. When I'm a bearer and a dintaira, if I think that my tzad is wrong, so I'll say, I'll vote against him. There's no halacha that the bearer always has to say according to the wish of the tzad who chose him. It's such a shandan acharpa. People think that a dintera, people think that this is called a dintera. This is not a dintera. Dintera is the way it's described in the Gemara. I remember many years ago, uh, every year on Purim, um, Royas used to have a skit. So once they put on a skit, they were hiring a new Dayan. That was when Dayan Cohen came. Dayan Cohen had a longer pace. So he didn't exactly fit in with Royas. They yekas there. So, uh, so they had someone dressed up like Dain Cohen. He was coming for the interview for the job. So the members of the board, this is all part of this kid, the members of the board ask him, we well, want to see if you know how to pass in a dintera. So when there's a dintera between a yeke and a galatiana, what's the din? So the one dressed up like Dain Cohen says, well, it depends what they tie Wrong! The din is that the yeke wins the dintera. 
Then the next Shaila, they ask him, what if there's a deter between a Yekin from Frankfurt and a Yekin from Berlin? So he says again, well, it depends what they, what they say. Wrong! The Psak is that the one from Frankfurt wins. Then the third Shaila was, what if there's a deter between two people from Frankfurt? And one is a member of the killer, one is not a member of the killer. So he says again, it depends what... Wrong! Whoever is the member of the killer wins. That's exactly the way they judge Dina Torah today. They pick a Dayan who's, who's knows you, and of course he thinks the way you think, so everything you say is correct. They wouldn't have such a thing like this. We're supposed to observe the laws of the Torah the way the Rebbe Shalom wants, not according to the distortion of uh, the Chil Hashem, distortion of what people consider a Din Torah. Remember, there used to be a Litvish Yid who was a Sheikhid for empire. So he, his son learned in the yeshiva years ago. So he used to meet with me a lot of time to ask how his son is doing. His son learned with me for many years. So he said that in Litvish, that Frum is a Rashi Tevis, feel riches, venig mitzvahs. They didn't hold from Frumkat. Frum was a dirty word. It wasn't. Frum means that you advertise your piety, you publicize your piety in public. And they used to say, Agalach muzain frum, ayid muzain elach. The galach has to put on an act as if he's uh, very pious. A Jew has to be elach. There's a prominent, uh, the, there was an American rabbi who learned and, and tells the yeshiva for eight years, he put out a little interesting book in English about the uh, Menhoge Lithuania, Menhoge Lita. So he writes in the book, he studied eight years and tells. There was an Arab in the city. He says he doesn't remember whether the Rashi Shiva carried or they didn't carry. Even if they didn't carry, they didn't make a big simus about it. No one ever knew. It's not like today. This rabbi lived in Baltimore. He just passed away last year. So he lived in Baltimore. He says there in Baltimore there's an Arab. And many people make a big fuss about the fact that their Mahmoud they don't carry in the He says he learned and tells. No one ever no one ever advertised whether they did carry, they didn't carry. He said that Rashi Shiva probably did not carry, but he didn't know about it. That's supposed to advertise. We we live in a we live in a world that everybody's taking on chumras on themselves, and that's and that's the style. And the Shulchan Aruch says that if a person observes a certain midas chasidus and he brags about it, he publicizes it, so he loses the schar, he loses the reward that he had uh, for performing that uh, mitzvah. The Gemara tells that when Rabbi Shulman Levi passed away, so when his soul came to heaven, so they asked him. During your lifetime, did the rainbow ever appear? The rainbow was given as a simon for mankind that God will not destroy the world. So if you live in, a, the Talmud assumes, if you live in a generation where there's a, a great tzaddik who will protect the whole generation, begging on the door, so there won't be any need for the rainbow to appear. So the, when Rabbi Shomalei, the soul appears, so they asked him, did the rainbow appear during your lifetime? So he said, yeah, when it rained, there would be a rainbow. So they said, oh, you're not the holy tzaddik, Rabbi Shomalevi, that we thought you were. If you're if you really the big tzaddik, the rainbow should not have appeared. You wouldn't have needed the rainbow, because you would have been making on the generation. So the Gemara said, the Gemara said, the Gemara says, truth of the matter is, the rainbow never appeared. But he didn't want to brag about it, he didn't want to be masik tivusa He told the lie. So Shulchan Archid says, there are certain days when we consider it a tainus tzaddikim. One unusual thing happens Shulchan Aruch says everybody has to fast on Tisha B'Av and on Sarbatevis, on Gedalia, whatever, but there are days that Sadiq can fast. 
So if a person is fasting on these tiny sadikim, he's not supposed to advertise, he's not supposed to tell anybody. Not only shouldn't tell anybody, if somebody asks you, you should tell them that you're not fasting. Unless they really have to know halacha ma'isa, I don't know if they have the minion to lay by chala to say aneinu uh, and the shman esrei. So then, if it's relevant, then you have to tell him. But otherwise, you shouldn't tell. The person should not be mefarsim the fact that he's probing a certain midas chasidus. And Shulchan Aruch sometimes it says that you mefarsim the ma'isa itzdoka. You write on the on the paroches who they need to paroches on the mental of the sefer Torah. Sometimes it's an Indian in order to encourage other people that they should give tzedakah as well. But normally you say it's not proper to be mefarsim uh, your mitzvahs and your ma'isim toiv. We live in a, gener- in a generation that that's the style. Everybody brags about the fact they have this chumr, that chumr, the other chumr. The person wants to observe chumr, so he should observe the chumr privately. He's going to be mefarsim, so he's going to lose the whole schus. The chumrs in the Midas Chasidas are supposed to be like the Gemara has an expression. The Gemara talks, in the Gemara in Saito talks about a woman who is beautifully dressed with a beautiful uh, gown. And then she puts on jewelry on top of that. What if the woman is wearing her pajamas? So she's going to put on jewelry on top of that. She'll look more ridiculous. She, it won't beautify her. It won't add to her beauty. So if a person is a very great medactic and mitzvah, he observes everything that it says in the Shulchan He dams nicely. He doesn't talk in the middle of daven and so on and so forth. He's honest in business. Then it makes sense that maybe the person should add on but if he doesn't observe the basic din, he comes to shul late and he leaves there and he doesn't say, he talks in the middle of the time. So what do you mean? He has a certain chumrit. What kind of chumrit? He's wearing tefillin the Rabbein Atam. What do you mean? He, he talks in the middle of tefillin, he talks in the middle of Kriyashma. It doesn't make sense to observe Amidus Chasidus if a person is not observing the basic din. The Gemara tells the story of one of the Chachamim. He says, how do I compare to my father? My father was such a holy tzaddik. I'm like Chala Bar I'm like... Uh, vinegar, as opposed to my father who was like wine. I'm like sour wine that turned into vinegar. My father was such a holy tzaddik when he would eat fleshiks, he would wait 24 hours before he had milchiks. And I'm not as, as uh, medactic as my father. I just wait six hours. I wait from one meal to the other. So the commentaries on the Gemara all this, what's so difficult? If his father waited 24 hours, he could have waited 24 hours also, but he had ice cream. He didn't have any ice cream as Malagamar. So what was the big desire? So they all explained not that he has such a desire to have milchiks. He knew that he wasn't on that madrega, just didn't fit in with him. So what is he going to observe him in his chasinus that just doesn't fit in with his, with his halachachayim? It doesn't make sense that so many people are observing all these chumris, all the briska chumris. First, they have to observe what it says in the kids of Shulchan Aruch. Forget about briska chumris. You have to observe the basic dinim in the Shulchan Aruch. And then you can discuss observing chumris. Years ago, there was a conservative rabbi who made a comment making fun of the Orthodox. Unfortunately, it's true. He said that uh, the Orthodox are always looking for chumras on top of chumras. So if it would say, and a gloss on a gloss, he meant a footnote in the Chaj Mishpat and the bottom of the page and a tiny letter somewhere, it would say, the Yesh Machmirim, that it's also Ligzol. If we would say that there's such a minig, a chumr, a son, have a minig, so then the Orthodox would observe it. But because it says in the Aseris Adibras, so that's why they don't observe. They like to observe chumras. Truth of the matter is, the psychologically, it's always gehaltner. Remember, the Mashgiach, the Chayn Levroch, Rabbi Lesson, always used to say that the Yetzirah will not prevent you from shackling bam davening. He was a Misnagid, obviously. And the Yetzirah will not prevent you from putting on a gartel when you want to down. Because the, the Yetzirah doesn't care about shakling, doesn't care about the gartel. The Yetzirah will prevent you from learning. That's where the Muhammad is. The Yetzirah fights where it's a crucial issue. If it's not crucial, he doesn't fight. So that's why it's easy to observe Chumas, to, to observe the real Dinim. That's hard. The Yetzirah 
puts up a fight when it comes to the real dinim, that he doesn't let us observe them. Taisus has the famous comment on the Gemara. The Gemara has a dispute who gets, who deserves more reward. Uh, let's say a man fulfills the mitzvah of lula, but a, a man is obligated to shake lula. Women are not obligated to shake lula. Women volunteer to shake lula. So they get reward also as an enem mitzvah So who deserves more reward, the man who is mitzvah or the woman who is enem mitzvah So the Gemara has a dispute. And the conclusion, the final conclusion, the Gemara is the God the man gets more reward. So Tesis asks, but it doesn't really make sense. Shouldn't we really adopt the other position? The woman is volunteering out of the goodness of her heart. She's not mechayiv to shake the lula. So Tesis explains that lefum tzayra agra, the reward is given according to how difficult it was to observe the mitzvah. So the man who is mechayiv to observe the mitzvah has a yetzahara arguing with him and telling him, don't do the mitzvah. Show the Rabbani Shalom that you're the boss. Don't give in and let him know that he's the boss. Show him that you're the big boss. The woman doesn't have an obligation to shake a lump. She doesn't have a yetzahara. The one is Einam and Tzulva, the Yosef, didn't find it that difficult to observe this Midas Chassidus. So it's really true, it's really true what the, what the conservative rabbi said, that uh, if he would say in a footnote on the bottom of the page of the Shulchan Aruch, that Yesh Machmirim not the so uh, the Orthodox would have been more medactic about that. Unfortunately, it's not a meaning, it's a real din, so the Yitzhahara fights over there. We're so into... Chumris, we're so into Hidr Mitzvah. Very often we do Hidr Mitzvah at the expense of the Mitzvah itself. I remember uh, years ago when my parents lived in Burr Park, so one Sukkot, one Simchas I visited my parents with all of our children. And we were Sukkah hopping from one Sukkah to the other. So we visited that gigantic Sukkah from one of the famous Hasidish Rebbes. The whole Sukkah was puzzled from wall to wall. Why? Beautiful Sukkah, gigantic, twice as big as this room, I think. And they had no yesukah hanging from the schach, lower than Fort Vachim, mean, and there wasn't one inch. You couldn't stand one inch of the sukkah without standing under no yesukah. So the Gemara says, all the no yesukah have to be within Fort Vachim of the schach. If it hangs down below Fort Vachim, so you have to stand in a different spot. There was no other spot. The whole sukkah from wall to wall had no yesukah hanging down all over the place. They were so into the no yesukah that it killed the whole mitzvah of the sukkah. We do that a lot of times. We're so into the noi, we don't worry about the Ikan Mitzvah itself. People spend more money on the mezuzah case than they'll spend on the mezuzah itself. To have a beautiful silver mezuzah, that's what everybody sees. Nobody sees the cloth inside. They won't be makbet to have a beautiful cloth. Nobody sees. But it has tagim, doesn't have tagim. doesn't have tagim. It's a machlech, whether the mezuzah is kosher or not. Astam, a different ksav, a ksav of Beisiyosim, a ksav Ashkenazim should have one, each one should follow the, the meaning of their family. People are not mocked about that. A lot of times uh, people will spend so much more money on a talus ekel than they'll spend on the talus itself. Or, the, or they'll buy a talus ekel that has psukim on it. It says in Shulchanach, you're not supposed to have psukim on the talus ekel, but people will spend a fortune of money to buy a silver container for their esrog. And it says a postage around the silver container. It says in Shulchan Aruch, you're not allowed to have psukim unless you have a sefer shalim. So we're so into the hidr mitzvah, the noy mitzvah, like we're so into chumras. We forget about the ikah mitzvah here also. We're so into the hidr mitzvah, we forget about the ikah mitzvah itself. When it comes to davening, it's also a big problem. The basic davening is very brief. You have birchas kriyashma, with the kriyashma, with the shmaneser, with the tachnon and shayim. Now we added on so much more. We added on 
The Gemara has Amidus Chasidus to recite Pesuka de Zimra. And then you have such long Karbanas. You don't have to say so many Karbanas. You have so much Karbanas that you have so many Prokim. But at the end of the davening, so people want to say everything from cover to cover. So they daven so quickly, so they leave out every other word. Or they leave out every other syllable. They daven so quickly. How can the Rabbana Shalom listen so quickly? How can a person understand? So a human being can't understand. How can the Rabbana Shalom know what in the world you're talking about? So it says in the Shulchan Aruch, Tov me'at b'kavana, Merhabe shalai b'kavana. It's a shame to say less davening. Daven half. Davening half. Say half of the davening. You have to know what to bridge. It's better to say less and to say it slowly rather than to say so much. In the end of the Tanya, there's a collection of letters. It's called Igris HaKadosh. And one of the letters, the Balatanya says, he instructs all of his Hasidim that they should see to it that it should take Shachras on a week, they should take an hour and a half. And if the people have to run to work, so they should have, the Baltfila should be a person who doesn't have to run to work. Who is that? Uh, son-in-law who is sitting and learning. And the base manager doesn't have to run to work. Whoever that has to run to work should leave early. And they should daven slowly. He writes that he's going to send out spies to all the communities, all the Babacha communities. And if he finds out that there's a community where they daven faster than an hour and a half shachos every day, if they'll come to visit him, he won't, on Yontif, he won't give them shalom. He won't greet them. You know a minya where they daven an hour and a half. Forget about the Babacha. You know any minya daven an hour and a half shachos every day. It's terrible. Terrible. We daven so quickly. It's better to say less. In Shulchan Aruch, it says, Tov miyat b'kavana, mehar b'shaloi b'kavana. They say in the name of Rabbi Hutner that he added on, Tov miyat shaloi b'kavana, mehar b'shaloi b'kavana. If you're going to have no kavana anyway, he said about slich, he said about davani. Anyway, not having kavana. It says, Tov miyat shaloi b'kavana, mehar b'shaloi b'kavana. Shembesa, just to go back to the, to the bare minimum. Whenever you have a chumrah, every chumrah is always what the Gemara calls a chumrah dosi ledei kula. Every chumrah brings to a kula. Take, for example, you have a chumrah in Kashris, I'm going to throw it out. I'm going to throw it out. Is an issue of Baltashchis? Who, who says you have a right to throw it out? Well, let's say you have a Chumre, you're going to spend $250 on an Esrik. So you're going to have $150 less to give to Tzedakah because you're spending so much money on your Muhuridik uh, Esrik. You're going to have less money. And everything is like that. You have a, an Erev in the community and the local Rabbanim approve of the Erev. And this fellow is going to make a big fuss. He's going to embarrass everybody who carries in the Erev. The Erev is no good. What do you mean? The Rabbanim approved the Arabs. So you want to have a personal chumrah. Say that. Don't, don't carry the Arab. But the guy's going to be machma, not to carry the Arab in a conspicuous fashion. So he's doing an Avera. Everybody thinks they're doing chumras, they're doing mitzvahs. And uh, in a certain sense, they're really doing Averas. Our religion is supposed to be really a... The uh, Chaibohem. It's supposed to be a Lebedic, a thriving religion. It's not supposed to be a morose or dreary religion. We have introduced so many people today, introduced so many chumras. The whole religion became dreary. Everything just became a game. Limanat Torah also, we have a tradition how we're supposed to learn Torah. So many people start learning Torah. Before they open up the Gemara, they make up their mind what... They make up their mind what's given. Make up their mind in advance what, what, uh, what the halacha should be. Then they open up the Gemara. So they're going to reinterpret, they'll interpret the whole Gemara based on their... Assumptions before they begin. You're not supposed to make assumptions before you begin. You have to be open-minded, read the Gemara, and see what it says in the Gemara, not to interpret the Gemara based on your preconceived notions. Other people learn Gemara as a game. Last year, two years ago, two years ago in the yeshiva, one of the students published a Dvar Torah. 
So that he wrote in Hebrew a whole whole snazi pshat. The Gemara says this, and he thinks pshat can be either A or B, and he shows it's not this, it's this and this. A whole whole shetel, and then he writes in Hebrew. But the game is up because of the, what do I mean? The game is up. You're learning Torah is a game. Learning Torah, trying to figure out what what is the what is it saying the Torah? It's not a game. It's scandalous. People don't even understand what liman haTorah is supposed to be. When a person has a Shiloh, one of the 613 mitzvahs is, but we don't know what the din is, he's supposed to ask a Shiloh. Now, everybody knows, and when it comes to Erev, and this rabbi's Mekel, this rabbi's Machmas, so some people have the attitude, they're looking for a Kulas, I know in advance they ask him. Other people are looking for a Chumas, I know in advance they ask him. So it means you're not asking anybody. You're not asking the Shalos. You know in advance what his answer is going to be. You know in advance what his answer is going to be. A person, a person is supposed to pick a rov and ask all of the shilas of that rov. This person is not asking shilas of anybody. We're not. This is supposed to be one of the six hundred thirty mitzvahs in the Torah to ask all of the shilas. Chaim Velozhina has a comment on the opening Mishnah in Pirkei Yovis, second Mishnah. Al Shlosh Edvarm Ha'elamayim that Allah Torah be'al Havoid about Gemilus Chasadim. So he says Kodem Atan Torah. Avoida means hakrovas, hakrovanas, the gemilas chasonim, to do acts of kindness to other people. Each one was independent. Gemilas chasonim was an independent mitzvah. And avoida, hakrovas, hakrovanas, was independent. But after the Torah was given, now the avoida, the gemilas chasonim, has to correspond to the Torah. You can't just decide to bring karbanas whenever you please. You'll be chayv kores mishum shchutechutz, and you can't just bring any carbon you choose to bring. We have rules and regulations. So the hakravas hakarbanas davoid is not regulated by the Torah, and the milus chasanim is also regulated by the Torah. Kodemat in Torah, if the bank would charge you, let's say, ten percent interest on a loan, and someone asks me for a toivah, I should lend them a halvo and only charge two percent. That'll be an act of milus chasanim. I lend them the same amount as the bank. I lend them a hundred thousand dollars. And I only charge him 2% instead of 10%. That would be a gewaldige mitzvah, gemilas chasadim. But nit and torah is chach the torah was given. So now that became also, the gemilas chasadim has to be established, has to be determined by what the torah has to say. And the avoid of the hakrovas hakabana has to be established also based on what the torah says. Rav Tversky mentioned before, when it comes to its docket, People have the attitude, it's my money, my hard-earned money, I have the right to do whatever I want. I can give it to a dog hospital in, in Saudi Arabia if I want. I can do whatever I want. What do you mean? It's not your money. The Mishnah says, When you give tzedakah, it has to be determined by the halacha. You should act as if you're an apotropist on the money. You're not supposed to act as if you're the balabas. You are the balabas. No one else is allowed to steal your money. This is an Isil But you shouldn't act as if it's, as if it's you're the balabas, you have the right to determine Everything has to be determined by the halacha. We have to look through the perspective, through the prism of the Torah when it comes to tzedakah, when it comes to gemilas chasod, when it comes to uh, all mitzvahs. Everything has to be determined by the, by the halacha. The Nabi complains that all of the mitzvahs that we do is kibeged idim kol tzit koseinu. All the mitzvahs that we do are like shmatas, like aid, like shmatas. We made up our minds. We know what it means to daven. You, you gobble up all these words from the beginning to the end, and that's called davening. That's not davening. We made up our mind, this is called the dinter. Made up our mind, this is the way you have to go. You cheat on, uh, on income tax, and you cheat in business, and you, you get a kapar by giving a big donation to tzedak. All of these are wrong. We have to go back to what it says in the Torah. The Torah tells us, the Torah should guide us how to observe the mitzvahs. 
the way we see people observing this today is mamash a caricature of, of what the religion is. Achil Hashem. It's not, it's not the old time religion. This is not what the Torah stands for. Many of these shmiris and mitzvahs are not a mitzvah at all. Many of these are our elites on us. We have to return back. We have to learn kids of Shulchan We have to go through the dinam again. We're too fancy. We're too, we're too complicated. We do the mitzvahs in such a complicated fashion. We have to go back to the basics to observe the mitzvahs the way they're supposed to be observed, the way the Rabbani Shalom commanded them. Not the way we decided to, to observe the mitzvahs. In the area of Tzedakah, in the area of Limanatar, in the area of Dinatar, in all areas. We have to observe the mitzvahs the way they were attended, the way it's described in the Shulchan May the Rabbani Shalom give us the Koyach to wash out our Shmatis, which we no longer be Kebegedid in Kol Tzikasenu. The mitzvahs that we're observing, we should observe them properly. Aksivu achsimutoi ben agut yor.